Good afternoon and happy Monday. Welcome to Madison Bookbeat. This is your program to talk about books with authors from Wisconsin or books about the state. But today we have both. Therese Allen is joining us today. Therese Allen is the author of the new Dane County Farmer's Market Cookbook. This book is in Therese's first rodeo. She has written many cookbooks before. Just some of these books include The Flavors of Wisconsin, and I believe there's a Kids Flavors of Wisconsin, Fresh Market Wisconsin, Wisconsin Food Festivals, and the first book um, I've had that was written by Therese, and I don't know whether it was your first book, but it was The Ovens of Brittany, yes. cookbook uh, classic. Um, she has been a contributor to many publications, including Isthmus, and that's where I tore out a recipe for almond biscotti that uh, is prominently placed in my folder of recipes. And it's you could tell how well it's been used and how many times by the amount of crumbs and butter that, <laughs> that <laughs> cover it. But before we get into your new book, let's talk about you. You've been... Um, working and writing and cooking and organizing in Madison and Dane County in Wisconsin for for years. And in the publicity blurb about you, it says that you're a self-described foodist, <laughs> not a foodie. Uh, she's a foodist. Uh, so tell us about what a foodist is and what does a foodist do? I'm so, it, it, I just love that you asked that question because um, I don't think there is such a word as foodist. It's a, it's a made-up yeah, yeah, word. It's yeah. a word that <laughs> <So> when, <foodie. laughs> when I was starting out and I needed a business card, a, a, a designer, a graphic designer friend of mine offered to do it and came up with the word as um, a means to do what just happened, get somebody to ask me, what does foodist mean? <laughs> just to, to, yeah, you know, it was a way to get a little attention, uh, kind of pique people's interest and ask mm -hmm. them, what is that? So I guess it worked, and it's still working about 40 years later. So. <laughs> still haven't come up with a definition. Up, right, right. Yeah, I mean, my, my take on it, and I'll give you, I can't give you a definition, but a foodie is someone who's sort of just sort of a, a fan about food, and a foodist is someone who is, really dug deeply. Yeah, that uh, was the intention. Yeah. Was, um, that was the intention, was that it was meant to uh, convey a little more seriousness and a little more, um, you know, in-depth look at a food, um, somebody who thinks about it as well as eats or cooks it or, you know, uh, I don't know, goes crazy over a celebrity chef or something. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. so it's um, it's really a way to describe. For me, it, it has become come to mean that, um, that I... I use what um, food historian Barbara Haber originally called the lens of food hmm. to um, for, for pretty much everything in life, for both what I write and what I work at and, you know, how I enjoy life and how I see life. So it's a way to use food as a lens to learn about and appreciate um, history, culture, uh, humanity, people's values, basically mm -hmm. the world. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Yeah. Um, now, as I mentioned at the outset, you, you've uh, had this um, a central place in Wisconsin, in Wisconsin, certainly Dane County, uh, food culture and restaurants and and at home cooking, of course. Uh, but you began as a chef, is that right? I did. I yeah. did. Yeah, I was. Um, I, I I went out to from Madison. I went out to Philadelphia 
uh, in the in eighty one to get some culinary training and came back to Madison and got a job with the ovens of Brittany and um, uh, yeah, uh, went from there became a chef um, became a kitchen manager and mm. was with um, the ovens of Brittany restaurants opened one of them, uh, and um, then turned to food writing. Yeah. And could you tell a bit about Ovens of Brittany for those (laughs) who are here less than 30 years? Uh Yeah, there's a few of us still around who remember it. No, it's a very important... Yeah, it's a very, very important key sort of... uh, uh, jumping off point for um, what became kind of a culinary revolution, if you will, or a culinary movement um, in Madison and southern Wisconsin. And uh, it was um, a French country-based restaurant that grew into a chain of restaurants, not a family, not a really a chain as far as each restaurant was different and owned separately and operated And a small, separately. very small but chain. S- yeah, very. it's very small, just <laughs> basically just regional to mm-hmm. southern Wisconsin. Um, but uh, introduced um, finer cooking in, into a town that was mostly, I would say, supper clubs and Chinese restaurants and diners and such, but introduced finer um from scratch, uh, specialty bakery and mm-hmm. um, savory meals, uh, you know, in the in the French tradition um, to Madison, but and not then su- but, but not, not super fancy food, but not super fancy food. Right. It was really more, and there was a there was one of the restaurants was a, fa- a fancier version. There was the downstairs, the original downstairs mm-hmm. was fancier, but then uh, the, the subsequent ones that opened. Um, also moved beyond French cooking into really it was became the ovens of Britain became more about you know really fresh from scratch cooking right. made by hand um, not the Cisco open a can or open a package kind of of cooking that so many chain restaurants right. had. Yeah. When I first when I moved here a little more than forty years ago, ovens of Brittany was the only restaurant that I found mm. where you could get a salad as a meal. <laughs> Isn't you know, that astounding? It was now? the only Think place. Of that now. Yeah, yeah, right. And it was the only place that had a cappuccino that uh, actually was, yeah, you know, foam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> could, could could you pronounce it back then? <laughs> yeah. So uh, so it was it was really sort of an oddball kind of place, but still yeah, yeah. grew uh, enormously popular. So you were a chef there, and um, as you say, opened uh, in ovens, uh, and then you started sort of securing into being a food writer. I did, right. I w- it was almost 10 years with um, with the restaurants. And um, basically, I was tired <laughs> <laughs> of working when everybody else was playing. And um, it's hard work. I enjoyed it. But I also was always fascinated by um, the stories behind food, so the history of food, the people behind food. And um, I, I liked to write. I was a philosophy major in undergrad and wanted to, you know, th- I thought about writing. And anyway, so I, I really found myself turning towards food writing, and that's eventually what happened is I became, um, first, first it was writing and cooking classes and anything I could do to raise a little money, and then it became full-time writing. I mean, so. you were writing columns and recipe yeah, columns. Right, and right, right. So I started on. with, yeah. Yeah, I did a column for um, Wisconsin Trails Magazine. I did one for, uh, that was in, let's see, I'm going to forget the years, but it would be the early 90s. Isthmus, I did a column for Isthmus. That's really mm-hmm. where I segued basically st- very strongly into local foods and writing about local foods. So my topics have, in both the books and the columns, and the features were always um, centered around Wisconsin, um, Wisconsin food history, food culture, 
food people, not necessarily restaurants, though. I did some reviewing, book reviewing mm-hmm. and restaurant reviewing. It was mostly more um, about the stories and the recipes behind um, Wisconsin's past and present food culture. Yeah. So then you got into the big view, which is cookbook. Yeah. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. Uh, more challenging. Uh, yeah, well, the, I mean... The first was the, the Ovens of Britain. Right, book, that was right. the first one, mm-hmm. and I did that one partly because it was a way to move out of the restaurant itself and to, to um, out of the business itself, and to write about something that all first writers are supposed to write about, which is something you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I was um, finding myself drawn to the Dane County Farmer's Market mm-hmm. um, as, a, as a purchaser, as somebody who wanted to get some really good ingredients and incorporate them into what was, um, you know, a, 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 you know a, a, a restaurant where we were supposed to be cooking from scratch and good local foods, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, yeah. So you were sourcing when you were at Ovens. Yes. You were... You're getting your produce and whatever we can get from from the, uh, the right, early right, uh, farmers right. market. When I could, uh, we had you know, we had goals to reach in terms of how much money we spent on ingredients, and so most of what we got was from say the Cisco trucks, um, but and we didn't have a lot of different purveyors, so it was a yeah. little bit unusual to mm-hmm. to spend Saturday mornings first thing you know going and buying some muskmelons or some you know, blueberries or whatever at the market and creating specialties out of it. And then I tried to incorporate more into it as I could. So, yeah. Yeah, so the, the last part of, you know, sort of your involvement in, in being a foodist, I mean, that really kind of defines your, your turf is, is your organizational work that you just, it wasn't just putting out a column or a cookbook or, or a meal, but really to do organizational work and disseminating. And you had two groups, which we could just mm. describe briefly, REAP and CHEW. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, they, well, REAP, um, REAP, let's see, is 25 years old now. And it um, started as a, and still is an organization whose, whose um, efforts are all towards connecting local um, growers and local producers with local eaters on various levels. But when we started out, so early on when we started out, um, we, you know, the, the goal is a more, um, as Odessa Piper, I think, was the one to coin this phrase, I'm not sure, but a regionally reliant food system. And um, some and the words we were using back then was sustainability, sustainable agriculture, sustainable food eating. Um, but people didn't really know what how that pertained to food, how sustainability pertained to food. So first we started, REAP started as an educational experience, and we did things like um, uh, hosted the Food for Thought Festival. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. then we moved mm-hmm. into schools um, and tried to work with um, the Madison food system and, and with students and teachers to, to um, connect students to good local eating, to growing food, et cetera. Um, and we also connected with um, uh, uh, grocery stores, et cetera, and it expanded from there. So, What yeah. was the, I remember Food for Thought, now that you said it, I can't remember what happened. I went to one or uh-huh. more than yeah. one. What was the Food for Thought? Thing? It was a way, it was a way to bring all the members uh, of the um, food system, the regional food system together and to show what was available. So uh, we had restaurants um, that 
were uh, sourcing from local growers and local producers and from the markets. Um, we had different organizations, uh, CSA organizations. Um, we had booksellers who mm -hmm. were selling books like mine. <laughs> That's how I got first involved <laughs> myself. Idea. Yeah, so it was a, it was a way to educate people um, or give them information around what was possible, um, what's available, and why it made sense, why sustainability was important and how. So we invited people basically to come and learn from whether it was a health perspective or um, economics or a um, conservation um, uh, angle. And this um, is primarily right. Held around the Saturday market, right? It yeah. was held with in, in conjunction, in right, right? Right. Yeah, I remember going to one, and um, I think uh, Frances LePay was there. Uh huh. And, yes. Uh, yeah, I remember that. And you remember that in her opening talk, she mentioned that she also the I can't remember the guy's name, but there was some French farmer there, uh -huh. who was, Jose Bose, yeah, yeah, who was Bose, famous Bose, for yeah. bulldozing yeah. Right, right. or something. Yeah, uh, and she hadn't met him, and. Um, when she was there with her daughter on the, walking to the market, her daughter was stung by a bee, oh. and um, and she didn't know what to do. So she went into the McDonald's, which at that point was across the street, and she was so afraid of having Bouzet oh. see her. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, coming out of a yeah. McDonald's, and you know, it's just ice. Uh, I was. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm> just, <laughs> That's a good one. I'm just here for the ice. That's completely, uh, you know, irrelevant story. <laughs> but, but it was, I could just imagine the, you know, the paranoia of, <laughs> of being seen. It was sort of like a Larry David sitcom <laughs> or something like that. She had been there. So uh, I've always been interested in Chew. Mm -hmm. let, tell, tell us a bit about that. Okay. That's, mm -hmm. um, I co-founded Chew in, um, let's see, that's also almost 25 years old. Um, and that is the culinary history enthusiasts of Wisconsin. And we formed because we were people who were interested in learning about food from the history angle. And also, you know, mostly people who had that same kind of lens as what I just described. People who wanted to find out um, both in, in terms of um, the long past and the, and the recent past, but also we hear talks uh, on those topics, but also on future. So it's it's we look at we look at um, uh, topics from around the world and through time, oh, uh, mm -hmm. and we invite speakers who have written books or who have. It, 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 Madison is just such an excellent um, area to draw from for for food information uh, and food um, you know academics that um, we never run out of people to talk to. Though we also, it's not just about Wisconsin topics. Like I said, it's from around the world, too. So we meet every Wednesday. Or I'm sorry. We meet every first Wednesday. In fact, we have one <laughs> in January. Let's see. I think it is um, Christina. Uh, I, I'm, I'm blanking on her last name, but she's going to talk about food and religion and some of the sort of more out there practices and views around religion and food. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um. And do you eat? We do. Okay. We do. Sure. We couldn't during <laughs> the pandemic, unfortunately, but we are now having meetings again in person at the Goodman Community Center. Oh, so it meets at Goodman. Wednesday. It meets mm. at Goodman, right. Mm -hmm. And um, it is a membership-based organization, but the public is welcome. 
And is it like a potluck or does somebody uh, What we do is whatever the theme is, um, we have, we ask people if they would like to bring something and people volunteer based on that. So, yeah. yeah. So if you have yes. a program about food that's prohibited, uh-huh. what would you have? <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> prohibited by some. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we're not having bacon tonight, folks. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, yeah, it's a fascinating um, notion of, food culture and how much it it possesses and for i guess for many people that is the very definition or the most meaningful part of what they think of when they say i'm irish italian jewish yes, da, 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 exactly right is right. is the menu that yeah. uh, that sort of goes along with that or some menu in there right it is so much Head, expresses whether it's really real or not right right yeah. Yeah. it's who we are yeah, you know, it's it's how we see ourselves, what we value. Yeah, so let's talk a bit about the the market because mm-hmm. um, that's what the book is pretty mostly about. All about. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Very it's, much. It's, all it's, about. It sort of broadens out, you know, uh-huh. from there in uh-huh. terms of you know, again, the culture that informs the market mm-hmm. and that you know it propagates. Um, so I've often heard that the farmers market, the in county farmers market is the largest farmer's market in the U.S. Is that true? No. No, okay. (laughs) (laughs) It is, however, (laughs) it is, however, the largest producers-only market Mm. in the nation. So that's that's a big distinction because, uh, you know, you can go to a market and see hundreds and hundreds of vendors or dozens upon dozens of vendors, and but some of them may be buying and selling. So you don't know where it's coming from, just as you will, may not know where it's coming from at a grocery store. But the Dane County Farmer's Market, and to me the sense of a, uh, the true sense of a farmer's market is that the people who are at the stands are the people who grow or produce the food. And that's the case with the, uh, with the uh, Dane County Farmer's Market. So the, there are real restrictions on what one can sell there, mm-hmm. um, that you have to be fully the producer uh, yeah, there are rules. There are rules based on percentage of ownership, so you don't have to have a hundred percent net ownership necessarily. But uh, at the the market at the stands, one of the owners has to be there, um, and that is just a beautiful thing because that means that there's a direct connection between the the grower or the producer, the maker, the baker, etc., and the person who's buying it. So questions can get asked, and suggestions can get made, and problems can get solved and a relationship develops. So um, it's uh, not only is it good in terms of, um, you know, the product that you're getting and the livelihood or the the better chance of a good livelihood for the producer, um, uh, you're you're also uh, creating community. Mm -hmm. And that was, in a sense, that's really kind of the the concept uh, or... That was the spine of the book, if you will, mm-hmm. was that um, this is more than a place where we do business, where we buy and sell food. This is a place where community grows, where community happens. And it's a big one, but it definitely works. Yeah. it's, it's um, And I guess maybe if, if – I don't know how it works if you're not familiar with the market. Okay. So I'm, I'm not a – you know, just an impassioned, you know, non-involved reader of it, but as someone who's been at the market for 40 years to – look through it and see a lot of familiar faces of people who I said good morning to for years and uh, who are the producers. And it is sort of a hometown book yeah. uh, that I think for people who uh, want to relate 
to the market on an ongoing basis. That's a, it's really a, sort of a family picture book, <laughs> you know, in, in some sense. Thank you. That yeah. was part of the intention, too, right? Yeah. Was for it to be something um, to celebrate and honor the people who have, first of all, start, started it because uh, we, it came out of a 50th anniversary mm-hmm. as it came out of the 50th anniversary of the market itself. And the idea was to celebrate, you know, who we are, all of the parts of the market, the the vendors, the growers, the producers, the chefs, mm-hmm. the customers, the, um, the staff, the volunteers, um, the people who may not always know each other's name, but definitely, like you said, know each other's face and trust and come, you know, week in, week out. Um, but those stories and, those r- and the recipes mm-hmm. in the book also have... Uh, more universal appeal and use. Uh, and so the book is also meant um, for really any farmer's market or fresh food or, uh, you know, local foods um, uh, uh, fans. Right. It's not a requirement to be right. part of the right. farmer's market. Yeah. <laughs> I think other people <laughs> right. will enjoy it as well. Uh, hi, if you're just tuning in, uh, you're listening to Madison Bookbeat. Uh, I'm David Aaron's a host today, and I'm talking with Therese Allen, who is the author of the recently published Dane County Farmer's Market Cookbook. Now, I remember a much smaller farmer's market many years ago, and it seemed that the market was growing in concert with the notion of local food, probably when it was 40 years ago or whatever, 50 years ago when it started. Yeah. You wouldn't know what you meant by local food. Well, uh, yeah, it's. Yeah. I mean, it's. It started to. It started as a uh, as a place, uh, for farmers to um, sell their food. It was a way for people who were local farmers, mm-hmm. local growers. They needed a. They needed access to their customers. They couldn't easily sell to, uh, uh, you know, restaurants and institutions all the time because of our uh, food system, which is, you know, ship it by truck and come from all over the place. You have to get it up to Baraboo to get a Cisco and then come back Right. Poor Cisco is getting it today. (laughs) 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 Anyway, but that was the the initial uh, um, impetus for the market, was um, a place where rural uh, growers could connect with urban eaters Mm -hmm. um and so yeah but the whole the word local foods was not a term right if you said that was like (laughs) (laughs) right right. yeah Yeah. i go to you know woodman's for local food it's very local (laughs) (laughs) i don't have to go far for it (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah i mean now uh i mean who would have imagined that you'd go to stores and it would have how many miles uh, the yeah. food traveled yeah. um, to get to the shelf yeah. Um, yeah. and people would have right. not right. figured out what's going, right. what's going on. And so those things grew sort of in tandem together and helped each other and moved each other. And now it's, it's to always use a word, but it, it's kind of virtue signaling to virtue <laughs> signaling. Uh-oh. Yeah, to buy a, you uh, know, a local eggplant. Oh yes, <laughs> virtue signaling. I love that. I have not heard yeah. that phrase before. Yeah. Can I use that yeah, one? Sure. <laughs> I didn't make it up. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's um, but I think I mentioned earlier. There's so many reasons. Um, you know, we want a place where where um the farmers who are so important to us, especially in this state which is a farming state you know mm-hmm. so much of our history and culture is 
um, connected to or directly connected to food. But we wanted a place where they could, like I said, have access to eaters. Um, but those eaters, in turn, needed access to the food, the food for that was health, it was of um, you know greater health for them, um, that could support local economies, you know, um, that uh, uh, would have uh, less environmental impact. Um, no, there's, and there's no requirement for being organic. No, there's no requirement mm-hmm. for organic. Yeah. Though, you know, there are definitely a lot Certainly. of organics. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. right, yes. Yeah, and those things did grow in tandem together. Uh, uh, you know, Madison is a kind of a special place around those things. Um, you know, we, like I said, Wisconsin itself is an agricultural state historically. Um, you know, geographically, ethnically, we have a great mix of foodways here, um, food culture here. People think of it as a plain Jane state, so to speak, or a, a kind of a meat and potato state, and that's um, incredibly wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have a very plush culinary culture, and when I think Madison in particular, because of the influences of um, the University of Wisconsin and all the ag departments, and um, the uh, state government, uh, and you know, lots of uh, um, uh, uh, emphasis on local foods is kind of a natural thing. We mm-hmm. are uh, we're, we're Madison is close to rural areas, closer than many other cities. We're not a big city, but we definitely you know our city mm-hmm. and our connection, that rural uh, urban connection, is very strong. And we have a sense, I think, in Madison of um, I think the phrase I heard uh, or learned years ago was rooted cosmopolitanism. (laughs) (laughs) There's another word. There's another one for you. Uh But that that means that we're aware of and proud of and supportive of um, what's here, what's here in capital letters here. Mm -hmm. Um, But we're also savvy about and um, welcome uh, influences from out there. Yeah. Uh, and so, and the, I think the Dane County Farmers Market plays into that with, um, s- in so many ways, uh, the Hmong vendors, for example, mm-hmm. um, and the variety of foods that, uh, especially over the years, there's now this unbelievable variety. Mm-hmm. And that has been part of the history of the Dane County Farmers Market itself, yeah. that change from state, from a small market with just staples to a very large market that you can do your grocery shopping yeah. at. Yeah. yeah. Now, it also has proliferated. I mean, that's the other Yeah, sort of great the thing influence about it. on the local foods movement. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's it's so proliferated strong. throughout the city. And yeah. I, I think there are like 20 other farmers markets in Dane County. Uh, I think it's more like 30 or 30. 40. Okay. I, mm-hmm. uh, don't quote me yeah, on that one. Right. But um, yeah, and uh, they're, of course, not the Dane County farmers market. They right. are. Um, what you might think of as satellites, but sure, certainly sure. because yeah. of the success of the Dane County Farmers Market, there became a de- demand um, and a need for um, m- markets in other parts of the county and then, of course, across the state. And now mm-hmm. we have farmers markets. Now we're one of the most farmers marketed states in the nation after, um, I believe it's after California and New York. Um, I believe Wisconsin is still, uh, you know, either third or right up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, most of the outlying communities, I think they all have farmers markets, whether yes, that's Saturday right, or Sunday right. or Monday evening. Right. And, and in North Side, East Side, right. the Hilldale Market is. Right. At least last time I was there was huge, mm-hmm. and um, 
and that really hasn't uh, diminished the um, the downtown one. No, I mean it yeah. just they just yeah. it just right. sort of builds on itself, and 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 there are other spinoffs as well. I was thinking about the um, just on the north side from the north side market. Um, we have the Breton Bakery, mm-hmm. and recently a bakery opened in my neighborhood on Cottage Grove Road, mm-hmm. um, a sort of a New Orleans bakery mm-hmm. that had its origins on the north side market as well. Mm-hmm. Are there other ones that have come about? Are there other businesses who have... Uh, that are connected, you so would that, say, that, or that yeah, have their yeah, came to be partly yeah. because of the Dane County Farmers yeah, that's Market. Well, that's off, a yeah. really interesting question. I would say their businesses. Um, uh, um, yeah, I would say yes. Um, uh, I'm thinking of, for example, Metal Arc Farms, which is um, uh, they they raise uh, and and package um, grains, uh, local grains. So um, and um, you know, 50 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, you wouldn't have seen flour and cornmeal uh-huh. and, you know, oats at the farmer's market, and you see that now. Um, restaurants are, would be a category, of course. Mm-hmm. The, the, you sure. can't count the number of restaurants now in right. Madison that, you know, will feature or base their, base their um, uh, you know, a good deal of their menus on local foods. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm thinking of uh, um, related types of local foods endeavors so csas there's the thing is is the relationship to csas that people csas sell Mm -hmm. at the farmer's market and then people can also join a csa that's right that's right through the farmer's market as well and sometimes both you know sometimes Mm -hmm. and not only does that work well for the customer based on what their life is like uh you know and what they how they cook, how they well, what, how much time they have, what their needs are, but it's also for the farmers who can um, uh, diversify their business model. Uh, they can be, they can sell at the market directly, and they can do a CSA. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. And we have market stamps as well, where people can double their um, purchases through city and county programs. If your income qualified, you that's can That's right. The mm-hmm. SNAP, yeah, there's, the, the, I think they used to be called SNAP programs, right? Mm-hmm. Right, right. So, and that's, to me, that's an incredibly important part of um, what we're seeing more of now is um, access to lower income or, um, you know, underserved communities who, um, it's, 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 food is expensive. Good food is expensive. Um, when I say expensive, I don't mean overly expensive. It's more expensive than much grocery store food, as well it should be. Yeah. Yeah. So um, how about if we talk about the book for a little while? Huh, <laughs> what a great idea. <laughs> yeah, the book. The book. Who published the book? Uh, little Creek Press out of Mineral Point. Uh-huh. Kristen Mitchell is its um, owner and also the designer of the book. So oh, uh, for mm-hmm. that big, beautiful front cover and back cover and everything on the inside, you can thank Kristen Mitchell um, for, for People that. could order it through you can Little e- Creek Press. You can order it through Little Creek Press. It's available at all of the Dane County Farmers Market. Um, we have a info booth that it's available at both indoor and um, previously at an outdoor. So, uh, And then, of course, bookstores yeah. and, um, you know, all kinds of retail stores. So, yeah. Right. Uh, so... Um, so this has recipes, 
uh-huh. as any cookbook should have. <laughs> <laughs> and there are, you know, photos that make you want to, you know, chew the page and so <laughs> on. Right? Uh, but there's also, um, it's really about the market. I mean, it's about the recipes and the food that comes from it, but it's about the market. So it has a pretty detailed history of the market and how it grew, some personal essays from yeah, there. Well, mm. let me tell you what we did because it'll kind of explain a little bit about what we did was we envisioned this. What happened was it was the very beginning of 2022, very beginning, like the first day practically. And um, uh, Ted and Joan Balwig, who are owner operators of Savory Accents, which is a pepper operation, mm-hmm. um, hot, spicy and sweet pepper operation, they uh, got the idea to do a cookbook. Uh, as part of um, the 50th anniversary, which was that year. And they approached me about doing it, and I said yes. And so we said, sat down basically right away and envisioned a book that would celebrate this 50th anniversary, but even more so would acknowledge and celebrate the community that had grown it, that had mm-hmm. grown the market. And so um, we went from there. We d- and we s- what we wanted to do was include that community in the production of the book, in the making of the book. We wanted their stories, their recipes. So we went out and asked for recipes and stories and photographs that um, would both utilize uh, and celebrate um, local ingredients. But we also wanted another thing we wanted to do was really point up this incredibly plush variety of products and um, foodstuffs at the, at the market. So uh, Ted's idea was to go um, do a combination, ask people for recipes that used local ingredients, but that had uh, a global flavor. That's why, okay. that's why the subtitle of the book is um, Local Foods, Global, F- global, global Flavors. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that's how it happened. Everybody who was a part of the community of the DCFM uh, was invited to send in recipes, and I had the very fun and very difficult job of deciding which ones would go in the book so that we would get a good mix of stories, of recipes, of approaches, of reasons, of good reasons and good benefits of the Dane County Farmer's Market. Yeah, so this is this is sort of a, a, a turn for you to a great degree because it's, it's really, I mean, it takes place in Wisconsin, but these are not, Really, Wisconsin recipe. I mean, the, some the, of them are. Yeah, because, the, yeah, yeah, some yeah, of them are. Yeah, but some I mean, of them are, the right. origins right, are right. are elsewhere. And yeah, what, we, you know. we said we said to people, "What are we asked them? What are your family ethnic traditions? You know, what um, or what you know, what country are you from? Or uh, and tell us, you know, about that food culture and give us a recipe from that food culture. Or what about when you travel? What uh, you know, what are some of the foods and ideas you've brought back from travels? Um, I- around the world, so and that includes the U.S. So it's it's international, but it also includes the U.S. So it was a, it was a challenge. It was a f- very fun challenge to really give a good mix, and to emphasize that um, just as there's so much variety globally, um, there is you can still use local ingredients to create global foods. Yeah, I think the. Um, uh, um just one of the major changes that I saw was I remember when Hmong farmers mm-hmm. first appeared. Mm-hmm. and Me too. How abundant. <laughs> I mean, it was different food, 
Um, they had a little Chinese eggplant and different kinds of of uh, leafy greens and beautiful looking things. <laughs> and, <Yeah>. um, <laughs> and it was so abundant, much I think more than the American farmers. I mean, they could really grow a lot and all the massive quantities of string beans. <laughs> and um, and it was also so cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, the Hmong farmers didn't yeah. really know how to price <laughs> their product at the time. Um, and uh, But it was, it really changed the market, I think. Um, and This is what's been going on in Wisconsin since um, forever, is that people have been coming in to Wisconsin and um, diversifying and, um, uh, um, um, what shall I say, improving, to me, the, 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 um, the culinary culture here, changing it, um, evolving it, uh, and the Hmong is a perfect, the Hmong um, uh, presence at the Dane County Farmer's Market is a perfect example of that. Uh, you know, to us at first, some of those things, those uh, you know, egg plants that looked like eggs, <laughs> 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 and the um, you know the very very spicy peppers uh, and the lemongrass uh, and mm-hmm. um, you know the longer the they were at the market, the yeah. more uh, exotic it seemed. But then we started. They started. I remember. I remember um, seeing for the first time seeing um, squash tendrils. Mm-hmm. You know, the little things that you clip off of the vines so mm-hmm. that the um, energy goes into the plant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I saw those bundled up and being sold by Hmong v- vendors. I'm talking like 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, they're selling us their compost. <laughs> 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 only only I was the silly one because, yeah. because those, those are very tasty, yeah. sweet, you know, highly nutritious uh, <laughs> greens. And they taught me no. how to put it right. right. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll pay for that. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, those things seemed exotic to us at first. But that we have worked some of those hot peppers and some of those long beans and some of that lemongrass into our meals, into our menus. And that's been going on since, um, I can't, I, I want to say since the Europeans came to, to Wisconsin, but it really was going on before, too, because na- different Native tribes migrated here, too. And so that's, and then in the 19th century, you know, the European groups did come. 20th century, we saw, um, you know, Latino influences and migrants from the South and African Americans and, you know, today um, Hmong and other uh, Southeast Asians have come. And all of that has influenced uh, what is our food culture here. All of that is part of it. Mm -hmm. And you had some African recipes. We do. We have, Mm -hmm. yeah. Right off the bat, I think of the domada, um, which uh, is a a peanut Mm -hmm. uh, chicken and vegetable stew. Um, And the funny thing about that is you think peanuts in Wisconsin. Yeah, they grow in Wisconsin, and I've seen them at the market. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. um, Where do, uh, is Troy Garden the the source of a lot of the Hmong um, foods? I mean, where, where, where are their farmsteads? Uh, I can't. I couldn't answer that. I know mm-hmm. there are certainly uh, uh, Hmong uh, growers at Troy Gardens, but I couldn't tell you myself. I went. If you looked at uh, a list, I suppose of the um, vendors at the market, you'd get a better sense of how far. But I think they're all over the state because I certainly see Van. I su- certainly see Hmong vendors at other farmers markets too o- around Wisconsin. Yeah, I mean the ones that were in Madison at the Dane County Farmers uh-huh. Market. 
I assume that they were at Troy Gardens, which is another. Not necessarily. No. That's oh. the thing oh. about the market is mm-hmm. that it's Wisconsin produce. It's it's a regional uh, market. It um, the vendors come from all, all over. over the state, yeah. right? Even as far north, I think, as Hudson or something. So God, right, yeah, Door trip. County. You know, there's yeah. that fantastic <laughs> yeah. fruit that comes yeah. in. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Um, well, what? Where does it go from here? I mean, what, what, what's what's up next? I mean, we. I, I hope that we pass through or gone beyond the uh, epoch of the celebrity chef. It didn't. It hasn't seemed to have taken hold in Madison too much. Um, but is 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 uh, do you think that veganism will be something that will broaden its um, uh, uh, appeal to more people over time, or uh, what's what's up next? Up think? next in terms of food, food and yeah. the culture food and at culture. the yeah. at the market, yeah. or that's repre- or national. That's really represented at the market. At the market, mm-hmm. oh goodness, that's a I, that's the thing about the Dane County Farmers Market that um, is a little unusual and wonderful in that. The diversity that's there has happened organically. In other words, there are no rules around what uh, uh, type of food or ethnicity of food. There's no, n- nobody says we need six bakeries and five uh, carrot vendors. And, you know, no, there's no rules around that. There are some strict rules at the market, um, but that's not one of them. And so this, what has come, what has become available at the market has happened over the years, changes, and has been organic. So you, you, can, you can be on the list for a year or two. People, it used to be longer, but now I think it's a couple of years. And you, you, you got a pretty good chance in a couple of years of getting in. So I think what's happening is that, um, and it's going to continue to happen, is we're going to continue to see more new types of both foodstuffs and value-added products. Um, you know, we're going to see more flowers and more, um, uh, when I say flowers, I mean yes. grain uh, flowers. Oh, oh, you are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you are. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see more things like um, uh, kimchi. Oh, uh, uh-huh. And, um, you know, uh, I'm hoping we'll see more dairy. I ho- I'm hoping mm-hmm. we'll see uh, some locally made specialty cottage cheese and cream cheese. And um, I hope we'll see some more value-added products that makes it easier for people who are have a limited time budget, um, things like peeled cooked beets. Um, oh, mm-hmm. You know, um, I could ask for lots of things, <laughs> so to speak. But yeah. that's, you know, and that's the beauty so of So people the don't get prioritized like, gee, it would be good if we had a right. kimchi seller. You don't get right. to bump up. Nope. On the list. No, yeah. no, it happens like like I said, organically. It happens by demand, and that's that is part of the beauty of the market is that the there's this interplay between um, the purveyors um, and the buyers. Um, the buyers are saying, "Here's what we want to eat. Here's what we need for our lifestyle," and the um, the producers respond because they How say, cheesy great, right, 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 <laughs> right. You know, I, well, the one I think of is, um, the cheese maker who, um, uh, who makes, um, a, uh, a drinkable yogurt for sale 
because the kids need something, you know, I mean, there's bakeries. Bakeries have been around yeah. at the market mm-hmm. since early on. Um, and, but, you know, when you want something to drink, they have, they can get this drinkable yogurt. So that was a response to a need at the market on the part of the, of the buyers. But in turn, the growers and the producers can do what they're good at. If they have soil that grows fantastic onions, they can, you know, they can diversify their types of onions uh, and get a market right there at the market <laughs> for for their specialties. Well, this has been a great hour. I have some more questions, which I'll ask you afterwards. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but uh, we've uh, sort of run the uh, shot for our hour. Okay. Um, and um, I think that anybody who looks through the book, which is published by... Little Creek Press. Little Creek Press will uh, be really torn about what to make for dinner. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's a good problem. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh, but uh, so I'm going to sign off. This has been David Ahrens, and spent the hour with uh, Therese Allen, the author of the Dane County Farmer's Market Cookbook. Uh, before we go, we'll listen next to All Around Jazz with Alex Wilding White uh, for three hours. And uh, thanks very much, and have a good appetite. Bye.